Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, no matter how you shop, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. Welcome back, Thompson, to Clark. After a very successful week for the Giants, we were talking about last week how they're playing teams that were kind of around their records, and it was a good time for them to uh, get some wins in there. And they did five and one. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I think, I don't know, I think we kind of have to talk about the youngster, Patrick Bailey. Yeah, man. The, kinda... the Giants are actually playing. The uh, the Twins right now, they're up 4-0. We'll, we'll kind of check in. It's in the fourth inning. Sean Manea is starting. And Patrick Bailey is behind the dish. So what was your first impression of, of Mr. Bailey there? You know, when they, when they brought him up because Bart went on the IL, I thought, well, that's – I mean, pretty much we had talked about, it, I think, last week, that that was really the way he was going to get up to the majors. Um because it's kind of difficult with Sable since he's a rule five guy. And now he's hitting like 270. So yeah, he's he keeps raising that average. Um, so you can't, you can't just, you know, decide to DFA or get rid of Sable because he's got to go back to the pirates. Yeah. Um, so, so they're not going to do that. And having three catchers is not really the giant's way with this brass. So we kind of knew it had to be an injury and Bart getting hurt with the groin. Um, we, and, and then we knew pretty much Bailey was going to be the next guy up. It wasn't going to be head of ace. It wasn't going to be uh, anybody else at this point because Gary Sanchez is now with the New York Mets and he's up with yeah, the big team <laughs> as well. So, um, you know, when you're hurting for catching, it's, it's, it's tough because there aren't a lot of catchers to go around in the league. Um, so when Bailey came up, I thought, okay, He's going to be, I thought personally, I, he was going to be here to stay. Um, because at this point too, and, and what he's shown so far, 
Uh, I, I think you you have to give him a chance. I mean, he's been behind the dish pretty much every game since he uh, came in halfway through the game to relieve Sable, uh, his first night in the bigs. Uh, so, I, I mean, you've, you've got to leave him up. You've got to see what he can do. It's, it's the kid's time to shine. It's the, it's the Schmidt and the Bailey show. Um, and that's kind of, and, and pretty soon it's going to be the Kyle Harrison show. Uh, so it, it was exciting when, when, when you guys texted me that, um, the other day, I think it was Friday, right? It was mm -hmm. the day he got pulled up. I was very excited. I love the youth movement. Yeah. Um, do, does any of this kind of remind you of, of, and I know it happened at the beginning of the season, but does any of this remind you a little bit of 1986, a little bit of that youth movement? Yeah. When we were talking about what would it take to get you out to the park or what are some of the things the giants could do to draw fans? And a lot of what we were talking about had to do with some of the young guys, because there's an adrenaline that, fans get when people that the team has drafted and that they've been able to follow a little bit, or they've heard from friends. I'm sure the majority of the people who watch the giants know a little bit about Kyle Harrison, just because they've, they've talked about him so much. Um, same with Joey Bart when he came up a couple years ago. And that is for, for a team that maybe hasn't created a position player uh, in a little while. That is exciting because you're like, okay, well I can see this person's career. If he's a good player, kind of like Buster Posey, when Buster Posey came up in 2010 and we were like, this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. They made us wait for a little while, but you know, he, he's here and we know he's going to be good. That's what you're hoping for with all of these guys. Now, will all of these guys be good? No, it just doesn't work that way. Right. The, I think when you said 86, the the so, so interesting thing about 86 was their best, maybe the, their best uh, draft pick ever at that point. I think Will Clark was the number two pick in the, in the draft uh, the year prior. He comes up and... There were, you know, people think people he was we were excited for Lincecum. No, Will Clark, it was much more, much more than Buster Posey. Like was Will insane. Clark was the savior of the franchise from the second that he joined the team, joined the big club in opening day in 86. But at the same time, you also had Robbie come up in 86. And I don't think Robbie had played above double A. You had uh Jose Uribe, who was a young player. You also had this uh, power hitting shortstop in the minors, uh, Matt Williams, who you knew was like coming soon. And so the, the, like those guys, you, you pushed them into a more veteran outfield with Jeffrey Leonard and Chili Davis and, and those guys. And so you had this interesting mix and, you know, with this, that's what we're hoping too, is you have these vets like B craw, uh, you know, Conforto, who had a three-run homer today. He's he he may not be with us for for many years, but you know he's a good player. Hanniger, and so you have these vets who've been around for a while, and then you try to infuse this youth movement to try and shake up the team. Maybe this team needs the young energy. You watch Casey Schmidt take a ground ball from uh, 
uh, at third base, and then he like fires a ninety <laughs> fastball over to first, and you're like, oh man, so like, ridiculous. We so haven't ridiculous. seen that before. Like that's kind of crazy. <laughs> so when you see Bailey now, I think people may have a little bit of worry because Joey Bart also plays catcher, and you're like, ah, eh, this position is really hard. You know, the bat is it for real? And who knows that that's the question mark for both of those guys. But right. Joey Bart has worked on his defense. Patrick Bailey comes up with the pedigree of someone who is a good catcher defensively and calls a good game. So at least at the, at the bottom, the bottom floor of those guys is you hope that they, they grow with this pitching staff and that, you know, the, the defensively and, and that whole process of things is solid. And then if they hit, then, then it's all, all for the better. But we had actually talked about this in that could Joey Bart and Patrick Bailey play together? They're both really young, but because Patrick Bailey's a switch hitter, you could actually just, it, you know, flip flop them whenever. And, and you know, and, and that's your this is this is who we're going with the rest of the year. Patrick Bailey and Joey Bart. And then you mentioned someone like Sable who fits this young player pedigree that we're talking about. And I was trying to figure out because Joey Bart is going to be healthy in uh, probably within a week or so. I, I saw late May and I was like, well, how can we keep all three guys on the roster? Just like you said, they're not going to keep three catchers. So you'd have to turn Sable into an outfielder. And how do you do that? Well, you probably send Brett Wisely back. Now, Brett yeah. Wisely has been helping out because he can play multiple positions. But now that you have Yastrzemski to play center, then maybe that's just where you lean, and you lean with Yastrzemski playing center. Um, they also have Bryce Johnson. You may be able to send him down as well, and maybe you keep wisely just because he's more of the utility guy because he could also play infield. So they yeah, do playing, have playing second tonight. So, that I mean, you've got now an infielder slash outfielder, and that is – super uh you know that's super valuable across the league so i think you you bryce johnson <laughs> i i mean i threw him in there at the beginning is he gonna steal 30 plus bags i i think he got his first one yesterday so <laughs> we're, we're kind of we're kind of waiting for that to happen but yeah that's the guy that probably goes down so so yeah you're right wisely made a fantastic play tonight because i keep thinking wisely is going to go down at some point but then you see the plays that he makes mm -hmm. and you see the the exit velocity off the bat and you're starting to kind of come around and you go, but that's valuable. Yeah. And, and that's another young guy that uh, is that youth injection um, that you, you want to keep around. Yeah. So if you can keep Sable and he is an outfielder slash DH, uh, the only move that you really worry about then is when Austin Slater comes back. And I think he's scheduled for June. So you have to make a move there. Now, whether that is wisely because Austin Slater, uh, you know, has to be on the team um, that that's going to be an interesting one because then you leave yourself with only Yastrzemski to play center fielder. And as we know, that's not his best position. And also if you got a line of lefties coming in, Yastrzemski's going to suffer. He's going to go through a, a spell of those ABs where it's just like, oh man, get me out of here. So that yeah. that's you know that they are playing with this. They knew when Sable uh, was on this roster that they were going to have to play with this. And if the catchers just take care of that and they go, hey, don't worry about us, we got it. You know the B and B, 
Maybe Joe Bart will get his why back, you know, just by being inspired yeah. by playing with somebody <laughs> who's, you know, say almost the same age as him. He's a little bit younger, but then you, you like, I, I think if these young guys can stick and, and Sable's hitting 270, the thing about Sable that's actually really interesting is his last 15 games, he's hitting 326. Uh, the, he hasn't hit a home run in, in a little while. But the 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 average and the walks are up. So his on base is actually uh, in the four hundreds in these last fifteen games, low four hundred. So if he is for real against right-handed pitching, and he hit, then he's going to find a way to stay on the roster, right? You can't yeah send him back because you need the hitting. That the Giants prioritize the hitting, as we know. That, you know, if they, they feel if they can score runs, they'll figure out the other stuff. So Sable, you know, because I was kind of looking, I was like, wow, you know, we were talking about him a couple weeks ago and it was like 240 something, 250. And then I looked today and I was like, wow, he's hitting 274. And uh, that is because in his last 15 games, he's almost hitting 330. And in his last seven games, he hasn't had that many ABs, though he's only had 16 ABs. He's hitting even right. better. So the, the walk thing is, is something to keep an eye on, though, because he wasn't walking. Uh, in the first half of the season, and now he's been walking a little bit. So, you know, he's getting more comfortable. Um, I'm hopeful that, you know, that youthfulness that, you know, because we saw it, right? We saw that that game-winning home run in a game that we oh, thought yeah. we were surely losing. And you just saw that youthful energy to him and that smile and that like, oh, my gosh, did I just do this in, on a big league field? <laughs> that stuff is awesome to see. Yeah. And even though, you know, when when the when it was Robbie and Will and you know, you and I were youngsters, right? And even yeah, now was, that we're not I was 13, man. Yeah. I was a little dude. Yeah. Now and even though we're not youngsters now, that youth stuff is so infectious for the team and I love to see it cuz it just shows how, you know, just a a little piece here and there and now we're back on the Zadie bandwagon, right? We're like, oh, Zadie, yeah. he moved all along. That's our guy. So that's also a part of this because we want the plan and the process to work. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's been good so far this this early season. Well, we like stability. That's the thing. We like stability. I don't want to see Zadie go anywhere. I don't want to see Kapler necessarily go anywhere. Um, you know, if, if a change is made, a change is made. But we like stability and we like to see growth and you know, too many times in, in major league sports nowadays because of social media and, and what are their outside forces? Uh, you see a guy who just, you know, a, a coach or a GM who has uh, a, you know, a couple of winning seasons and kind of building something and then a setback and then they go, okay, let's cut ties. We're, we're moving on. This this person couldn't advance the cause, so it's time to to make a change. So the fact that that Larry Bear and company are giving um, Zadie and Kapler some time, I like it. Uh, I, I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, it was a little tough at the beginning of the season. You're going to have growing pains. You're going to have ups and downs. Stock market doesn't just rise consistently or drop consistently. You're going to have some growing pains either way. Um, so, so seeing that and seeing this, this youth injection coming up of, of Schmidt and Bailey so far, uh, and Brett Wisely, I'm going to throw him in there and Sable, we'll throw him in there because he's a rule five pick. That, yeah. That's all baseball operations. That's, uh, you know, that's scouting these guys and picking these guys. Um, 
you know, to, so to see that it's, it's very exciting and I'm looking forward to, to more, give me more, um, you know, and, and going back to Bailey and Bart, I think, I mean, Bart is pre-arb. He's, he hasn't even hit his first year of arbitration yet. He doesn't even do that till 2025. So I think to trade him, if he ends up becoming a really good defensive catcher, I don't think the Giants are going to do that because look what we just went through post Posey uh, uh, to get to this point. We went through, you know, Stephen Vaught. Uh, we went through, uh, you know, Kirk Casale. We went through, I, I can name so many okay catchers. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. So if you can have two catchers in Bailey and Bart, two young guys who are completely under your control and they're good defensive catchers who can hit every now and then, I think, I think you don't sacrifice that position to say, well, let's go find a guy who can hit 300 with 30 bombs and we'll sign him to a big deal but maybe he can't throw runners out, can't frame. Um, and again, how long is framing going to be around? <laughs> yeah. Um, come in. So that, you know, that's another thing, but you have two good framers right now. Um, Bart's arm is fantastic. Patrick Bailey is a great defensive catcher. Uh, it, it's been a little bit rough go, uh, you know, like today in today's game, he threw one high to first base on, on a little dribbler out in front of the plate. Um, there, there's little things that he's still working on, but, but, but again, we know his defensive pedigree, uh, the awards and everything in the minors. So I'm not too worried about that, but I would much rather have a Bailey and a Bart. And then you've got a guy like Sable who can play the outfield and and is now an outfielder. But if you need that emergency catcher, sure. You can pop him in there watching Sable play the catcher position is really tough. It's not, <laughs> it's not for the, it's not for the week. Uh, if, if you love catcher positions and, and you love watching catchers turn away when, when Sable's back there, it, it, you know, some of the pass balls, some of the other stuff that happens back there, a little bit rough. Um, and so he's not going to get that experience. He's not going to get the three or four days in a row, but to have that emergency catcher where it's not uh, Pedro Feliz, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll take it. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to the Barton Bailey combo for the next couple of years, hopefully. Let's not understate how good this is for the pitching staff. Right? You have rock solid guys behind the plate where the pitcher doesn't have to worry about something happening outside of his control from his catcher, that is a positive. You're more confident. You're more confident in throwing a specific pitch that with Sable, you may not be as confident because you don't want it to go to the backstop. How uh, the catcher's interferences (laughs) uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, you're, you're adding stress onto your pitching staff by having a below average defensive catcher. So that could be a boon just in, in the pitching staff alone. And then, also, I imagine that Blake Sable, when he gets behind the dish, he's probably a little worried, right? He's probably thinking about yeah. it a little bit. So if you can free his mind from that as well and not have to worry about that, just focus on playing occasionally in the outfield, occasionally DHing against right-handed pitching, all of a sudden, you've taken a lot of the uh, f- possible frustration or overthinking out of that as well. And he, you just, dude, just go hit. Like, just, let's just worry about hitting. 
So I think I'm excited about that piece as well. If it happens now, you know, when Joe Bart comes back, I am, you know, they may try and get a few more, a few more days out of it by sending him down to AAA and making sure that he's okay. And, you know, he'll do the full rehab assignment. Absolutely. He'll do every game of the rehab assignment. I'm sure of that. So, you know, that there's opportunity and, and I'm sure they're, you know, they have plan A, plan B, plan C. And at some point, you know, this, this has always happened. Somebody else is going to get hurt, and then it'll sort of jigger those plans as yeah. well. So uh, do you feel – now, actually, before I ask you that question, we'll, we'll get through the rest of the the injuries here because there's a few that we, we should talk about. Um, Logan Webb left the game, a, a good game in which he was pitching, and the Giants lost 1-0. to zero. He left after six. It looks like he's going to be fine and make the next start, so he should not miss a turn in the rotation. Uh, Ross Stripling, he had to come out, and he uh, he was actually pitching okay in that game. He had to leave, and uh, he's going to be out until June. So we were talking uh, off-air about Manea, and, you know, Manea's pitching into the fifth. The Giants are still up 4-0. He did run around second and third and two outs. Not not to say that you ever want somebody to get hurt, but it may there may be a little bit of Manea going like, okay, you know, I can't, I can't throw just two innings here. I can't throw just three innings. Ross isn't behind me to come save. So, you know, and there's opportunity, you know, yeah, there's opportunity. I, I can go out there and I don't have to worry about being pulled for, you know, one or two things, you know, I, I, I can pitch a little bit right. more loosely. So Manea is, is currently in, in his fifth inning and, you know, he's had such an up and down season. There was the one game, I think he went into the seventh and you're like, okay, this is the guy that we signed and then yeah. come back the next next game and then he can't you know get out of the third or whatever so um and then the last one we already mentioned which is uh, austin slater he's also due to be back in june okay so what i was going to ask you was giants are currently 21 and 23 again they're winning uh they're winning this game against twins uh they are up four to zero in the bottom of the fifth I'm not going to call this a win. Still a lot of baseball left, but at 21, and, and just as we say that, then Kapler takes him and out right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, one swing of the bat, and you got a one-run game. Yeah. So, I, you know, he's going to Tristan Beck. I, I think that's okay. Um, but do you do have do here. this last week? Now it's only been it's only the the one week where they went five and one. It felt so much more like the process that we were used to. I don't want to say 2021 because that was just a ridiculous season. But when the Giants played good baseball last year, when they when it felt like they were possible wild card contenders, they would go out there, they would stake a little bit of a lead, they would get to the bullpen, they would shut them down, and they would win five to three or you know six to four, and being so just process oriented. This is our process. We need to get five. And then here comes the bullpen. And then Duvall pitches in, uh, what did he get? Four saves in four games or something like that. And like, so this looked like, you know, we could, we could call it Giants baseball, but it's not the same Giants baseball from, you know, from yesteryear. It's this new Farhan Zadie Giants baseball where everything is like just the Giants blueprint of what they do, uh, you know, lefty righty we have the advantage and then you know we play the percentages and we went on the margins and all that stuff that was last week's uh last week's game where the only one that they lose 
is one to zero against the Marlins. So that felt like, well, okay, this this team, maybe this team can be a little bit more competitive than you know we were thinking two and three weeks ago where they started off so flat. What what was your sense while you were watching games last week? You know, it was kind of it was one of those things where okay, the week was five and one, could have been six and zero, oh, um, but it was the temper temper your excitement. Uh, this is still the twenty twenty three Giants. We need consistency. I'd like to see that for another couple of weeks a, a four and two week, a five and one week. Um, but yeah, it did feel a lot like some of the good parts of last season. Um, what I liked is the fact that the Giants went five and one last week and hit. Oh, three home runs <laughs> the entire week. Uh, so they're driving in runs uh, and the Giants get out of this jam, which is fantastic. Tristan Beck, good job. Um, so so that was good. The Giants the giant scoring runs, seven runs, you know, here and there, uh, and, and five runs and four runs with only three home runs on the week. That was exciting to me. That was probably the biggest um, development of the week for me, the fact that the Giants don't need to rely on the home run because that's all we heard about uh, all of last year, all of the year before, all of this year leading up to this week. And again, it's just one week. It's just six games. I, I'm not getting too excited about it. Um, but the fact that the Giants need home runs to win games, right? The Giants are a home run team. Uh, they're going to either be in the top three in home runs and have a great record or not hit home runs and be a horrible team. Um, so the fact that they can kind of buck that trend this week w was just absolutely awesome. Um, like you said, too, Duvall getting in uh, uh, five games this week um, and picking up four saves was great for the team. Um, confidence builder, he did give up the one home run, but it was with a two-run lead, and it was a solo home run to Schwarber that was just crushed. <laughs> um, I mean, anybody's going to give up a home run to Schwarber if he gets a good swing on it. Uh, so so there's promise. I'm excited. Uh, I'm, I'm way more excited than, than I was about two weeks ago, uh, especially after the Diamondback series about a week ago, a uh, little over a week ago. I can't even believe that that Diamondback series was just a little over a week ago. Cause that was ugly going one and three going into Arizona and going one and three um, coming out of their limping uh, against the former national league champions, uh, the Phillies coming to town and then the Marlins who kind of knocked you around a little bit last time we went to Miami. Uh, so for them to come out of that in a five to one uh, a week was, was a real shot in the arm and, and exciting coming in you know, going on this big road trip that they're on too, especially. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. 
Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. The Giants are a really good home team so far, and they're a really bad road team so far. So this, yeah. you know, this game, uh, maybe that's in the back of Kapler's mind, like you said. You know, let's. Yeah. You know, we've gotten, we've gotten far with Manea. He's pitched good now. Let you know. Let let's let's shut it down, which which they did, and and we're in the top of the yeah. sixth, and it's still four well, to zero. And they're doing a little bit of what they of what the giants do, which is a bit frustrating score four runs in the first and then don't score again <laughs> and then don't score again. And, and really just try to get pitching matchups and hold this game. Yeah. You know, as, as, as close to their chest as they can and, and really kind of squeak this one out. And it's like, well, when you go up four nothing in the first, you shouldn't have to feel like you're squeaking out a win. Uh, you should be able to build on that. So, you know, that, 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 that's the part that's a bit frustrating about this team this year that really hasn't changed a whole lot. I also misspoke. They are 22 and 24, not 21 and, okay. and 23. Uh, still uh, in the, in the negative on, on the run differential. So, you know, uh, that, that will be kind of my guide as to when they are a, a good, a decent team is, is when they get that closer to even. Uh, but Things are, are 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 okay right now, you know. Like you said a couple weeks ago, after that Arizona series, which was frustrating, you're just like, ah, oh, you know, that this is this is more who they are. And then they come back home, and you're, no, oh, no, this is more who they are. So, yeah, I, th- I think looking at the home and, and how they play on the road is is going to be uh, something we should pay attention to as well. Well, and this team is five and one in the second quarter of the season. That's fantastic. There you Let's go. Just remember that too. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about our player of the week. You've already mentioned him, but I'm not going to give it away because we've mentioned a lot of people here. Yeah, exactly. So let's uh, let's hop over. Uh, let's see here. Thank I you to all to who me. voted, by the way. There were, were yeah. there more votes this week, I noticed. Yeah, we had a pretty killer turnout. I loved it. Um, so coming in third uh, this week was Patrick Bailey. And I threw him in there. I figured I'm going to put him in there. Yeah, I had to. He had a bomb. He had a bomb yesterday. He did, and he's the rookie, but he only had seven at bat. So I was like, do I put him in there? I don't know. (laughs) That was a a tough one. So I I put him in there. Uh, But he came in last. Um, I wanted, you know, I was hoping, (laughs) this sounds terrible. I was hoping he didn't win with seven at bats because then I was going to be like, what is our fan base doing? It was a test for the voters. It, it was a test. Yeah. And we passed our fan base passed. So Patrick Bailey got 10% of the vote. Uh, he had a two thirteen WRC plus this week. 
333 average, one home run, two ribs, and a run scored. His first major league hit, and then his first major league home run. Uh, so that that was great. I'm I'm glad he's on the list, and I'm I'm glad he got some votes. So that's awesome. Um, John Brebbia, the the you know everybody hates the the opener. Uh, here's John Brebbia, 15% of the vote, four games this week, four and a third innings, 10.38 Ks per nine. Um, no earned runs, three hits, five Ks, and no walks on the week. So that's nice. The, the bullpen was pretty stellar this week. I, he, he's becoming, and this was a little bit last year too, but yeah, he's got this dry humor with the with the media that uh, I, awesome. I, I noticed that a lot of the fans are really embracing it. Yes. Uh, is, uh, anytime he talks, if they say, hey, we got John Brebbia coming up in the post game, I'm like, okay, I'm not turning this off. So. Like they asked <laughs> him about Bailey or something. I get they're like, you know, you're the first, you're, you're the pitcher who, who was Bailey's first uh, pitcher in, 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 to, to catch in, in his career. And Brebbia is like, I'm so sorry about that. You got to tell him I apologize. <laughs> like, you know, just the, just been that, that, that type of humor. So, yeah, I, I think he, he was asked a question earlier in the, in the year when he got blown up in one game and they said, what, you know, what do you think the bullpen problem is? And he said, it's me. I'm the bullpen problem. <laughs> he said, did you see me out there tonight? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's, he's got a good sense of humor to go. Uh, when he goes good, I, I really think it sets and, and like you said, he does do some some opening, but when he's solid out of the pen, it feels like that that bullpen is solid. And you know, we have to give some yeah. kudos to Taylor Rogers as well, who looks like he's figured it out. Um, and that's going to be so helpful because they, you know, I think they have a steady pitching staff. I wouldn't say it's in any way dominant. It is very steady, yeah, right. and so that bullpen is going to have to be good to lock some of these games in. Not not to go off topic here uh, of the player of the week, but do you feel like Brebbia kind of fills that role that Jeremy Affelt had, uh, where he was he was that anchor? I mean, even though you're not the closer, even though you're not, uh, you know, a starter who can go nine innings, you're you're that guy, you're that solid bullpen guy. That, like you said, if you're going well, you got that personality. If things are going well, you're probably lifting everybody else up. Well, I yeah, he and and. Uh... Tyler Rogers, I feel like I, I kind of watch their numbers because they th just throw the most. Like Kapler relies on those guys so much. And there's a reason why, right? Like they're consistent. They're not going to pitch differently from game to game. They're going to attack their strengths and they're going to, you know, hopefully stay away from their weaknesses. And I, I, I think that's a good it's it's a good litmus test for the bullpen is how Brebbia and and uh, Tyler or yeah Tyler are doing like if they're doing well it feels like the rest of the bullpen is doing pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. I I have that same feeling too. Love Brebbia. Uh, coming in first, seventy five percent of the vote had an awesome week. Camilo Duvall, five games, five and a third innings pitch, four saves. Uh, locked down four games out of the five wins this week, 13.5 Ks per nine and a 1.69 ERA. And I think it was that one. I think the only run he gave up was that one uh, solo shot to uh, Kyle Schwarber. And, and that was pretty much it. So that is our player of the week. Camilo Duvall. Love to see it. I, what did I tell you the other day? Um, 
uh, he got a save and he walked off the mound. And I said, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you if his dog died <laughs> or if he just won the world series. I can't, I, the facial expressions, the mopey shoulders, he got a save and they got the win. And I'm like, what's going on here? Did we lose? I, you know, so yeah. Yeah. It feels like to him, if he doesn't strike out the side in nine pitches, he's like, eh, I didn't even do that good. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could do better. <laughs> and you know the thing of the the thing about him and and I feel for him in the in this way is that when that pitch calm kind of goes buggy on him he gets you can tell he gets really frustrated because he relies yeah. on it so much and you'll you'll see the uh you know him going past the the pitch clock and a lot of times you can just he's just like what do you want me to do like you know I'm not a strong English speaker and yeah. so, you know, this, I rely on this thing to communicate. So, uh, I, you know, as he gets older and more veteran and, and grows in this league, you know, the, the, the language barrier will be less and less and less, but I think he really relies on that. So when he can't rely on that, you can sort of see a little bit of deer in headlights with him, but man, he's just got the electric arm and, you know, he's not throwing as hard as he was last year, pitch to pitch, because he doesn't have that opportunity to just kind of relax for like 45 seconds. Yeah, but it's still he's still doing a good job. And uh, they I think they I think some of it is Kapler really, really, really believes in him. So he probably feels that. Uh, but he's not going to be perfect either, because sometimes he he still is is wild from, from pitch to pitch sometimes. So uh, I, I like to see his development, though, because. His demeanor, like you just said, that's the demeanor that you want in in, in the way of someone, you know, because you can look at it one of two ways, like Mariano Rivera, just consistency, right? Just, yeah, just he comes in. It doesn't matter if he's up 10 or if he's up one with the bases loaded. It's the same Mariano. And that's kind of what you want. You could also go the other way, which is. We had him, Brian Wilson or Sergio Romo, a little bit more emotional, and they're sort of driven by the pressure and the emotion. And in, in Wilson's case, you know, sometimes he liked to add on to the pressure in his own way, like by just walking guys randomly. You're like, dude, there's nobody on base. You have like a three-run lead. Now we're only up one and the bases are loaded. Like, you have to do this to us. <laughs> yes. But he he worked under that pressure. Like I like Doval's uh mentality. I like his uh the the look on his face, the look of intensity, or not even intensity, but like you said, just like consistency and you can't really tell what's going on with him. And my hope is that he just keeps improving because the that exploding sinker that he throws and and everything is just is just great stuff that uh, that he could work with. Well, and 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 you bring up a good point about maturity and and getting older and being in the league longer. That's why I I started wondering the other day when since he's having so many issues with the pitch calm, um, when do you think it, it it passes the point where he starts to call his own pitches. Maybe he does the Logan Webb where mm -hmm. he calls his own from the pitch calm. Um, you know, cause I think right now he doesn't because he doesn't have that confidence in, Hey, I, I want to throw this in this situation. Um, I, I know Bailey or, or Bart at least um, kind of runs the show for Camilo Duvall. Like I want you to throw this in this situation, be confident in that throw. I mean, he said this in, in post-game interviews before Joey Bart has. B 
I want Camilo to be confident in this pitch and I want him to throw it without conviction. Um, so, so I think as he gets a little bit older, maybe he starts calling his own stuff and says, you know what, in this situation, this is my best pitch today. I'm getting this guy on this pitch. Uh, I'd like to see him use the pitch calm more to his advantage in terms of him calling the pitches. But like you said, I think that's going to come with maturity. All right. Let us, uh, let's quickly talk about what we are drinking here. Uh, We waited a little longer. That's my fault because I'm, I'm pretty done. Uh, (laughs) People will remember two weeks ago where I mentioned the pre-made cocktail of the old fashioned that I had. And so I'd, Purchased two. This is you know over a month ago, and this is the second one I had, which is the Monkey Shoulder pre-made oh, yeah. cocktail, and I liked this one a little bit better. I it, it the the um the alcohol felt a little stronger, like there was a little bit higher of a mix of alcohol, and it tasted a little bit more like an old fashioned that I'm used to if I go to like a restaurant than the other one. The other one was really light in that way, so. I like this one. If if I do go back to these pre-made ones, I'm I'm definitely monkey shoulder over. I think the other one was like Ashworth or something. Yeah, excellent. So. I, I you know I so this weekend I, I got a little I got a little into some beers this weekend. Um, Denise and I now that it, the weather is getting better, we've been doing a lot more yard work out there. Um, and, and here in Reno, it's like 85 to 90 pretty much every day right now. Um, thunderstorms in the afternoon. And now that the kids are older too, we've kind of found this, uh, it's almost like this newfound freedom again. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, we can, you know, Saturday we had, uh, dropped off the youngest and the oldest was out doing her thing. And, and the youngest, we had dropped her off at the movie theater to see the new guardians, uh, with some friends. And, uh, and one of the dads and we're like, oh, well just, uh, there's a brewery over there. So, uh, I'll come home and then we'll get changed and then we'll go out to the brewery. So I did a little, um, a little beer imbibing this weekend. So I went with the tried and true Thompson to Clark, the T to C. There we go. Um, yes. The, uh, Terramana white tequila, um, uh, uh, with a little bit of grapefruit Zevia. Uh, citrus grapefruit zevia and then a little uh, lime and some ice in there uh, a little refreshing and uh, cool on a very hot day uh, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to sip it because i don't know how long the show is going to go you, you, you never know <laughs> usually around an hour but yeah, you know, there's yeah. times yeah there's times we get on a kick and we get going it's baseball we could sit here and talk baseball for like three hours but we're not going to do that but you know but i'm just saying so sometimes i have to kind of savor it you know? you know it's uh you know we put this rundown together and sometimes we go yeah not a lot and and in yeah, my mind yeah. i go okay not a lot means we're going to sort of figure out the the topic as we do the show and and as i was looking at the stuff cuz i was like here's what i got and you were like yeah there's not really anything else and then i thought well the bailey and the bart conversation is is a must and then sable and then figuring out what they're going to do the outfit. like that stuff is always so interesting to me cuz we can play GM a little bit. We're like, oh, we know what yes. we know Farhan better than he knows himself. We know exactly <laughs> what he's gonna do. Like, like sometimes you get like that, right? So that was a fun conversation that sort of just came out of nothing of us going yeah. like, yeah, what are we gonna talk about today? So anyway. Yeah, I mean it's 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 somewhat on the rundown, but yeah, I mean, gosh, you 
you and I could play GM all day long, pretty damn easily. I could say, hey, let's look at the 1995 yeah. Colorado Rockies roster and let's see what we could do different with that. I mean, it's yeah. you know, we we could we could do that all day. <laughs> yeah. So the the last bit of our uh, what are we drinking segment. So I'm going to be in Las Vegas this weekend. Nice. And I have to figure out, like, I have to have a game plan because I know that the diet and the alcohol, the alcohol intake is just going to be a gone. little bit out of control. All right? out the window. The the <laughs> diet is, is there will be times when, you know, Crystal and I are able to, to be okay, but there are going to be other times when we're just not. So I have been talking to a lot of people, everyone who's going out there, and I've said, yeah, you know, I want to have a couple old fashions, want to have some whiskey, want to have some bourbon. But I'm wondering if I should stay stay on one. Like like if we're going to maybe not eat the best, maybe not add the extra calories of the old fashioned and just go straight like whiskey, straight bourbon. That might be the better play. I'm not sure, but I you know, what once you sort of get there, you go I don't care what I said. I'm just going to do what I, you know, it's, it's Vegas is everything about Vegas is like yeah. temptation. It's going to change. It and will totally just, change. Once you, you just get cater there. to the temptation. I, I get it. But yeah, my mindset is like, maybe, I, maybe I should, you know, have a game plan, a little bit more of a game plan. So it doesn't get too out of control, but now, now where are you going in Vegas and, and, and what are you going for? So we'll be at, uh, we're staying in planet Hollywood. Okay. Um, I've never stayed in Planet. I mean, you know, I might have stayed in Planet Hollywood once, but usually I'm more near uh, New York, New York area. Or um... Planet Hollywood's not that far from there, though. No, no, no. It's no. it's not. They they have a giant mall as well on the bottom, which is yeah. kind of fun. Uh, so we're going because uh, the website that I do some podcasts for, uh, the WrestlingObserver dot com slash f4w online uh we have a uh, we back in the day like we're going back like 15 years we would do uh, a convention and the convention was literally like a bunch of us who are on this website before i even started doing shows for the website we're just gonna go do like a meet and greet and like hang out and and you know meet each other in real life and we would do it like once a year so it's like if I see somebody who I really enjoy online, you really look forward to the convention because you get to see them once a year, right? Yeah. And so the pandemic, because of the pandemic, it kind of stopped things. And last year was the first one back. And so now we're doing it again. And there's a Q&A and meet and greet for the two main hosts, uh, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez. And I kind of help out with the QA. I kind of hold the mic for the the question askers and, and, you know, I'll kind of qualify some things and verify some things and throw in a couple jokes here and there. So I'll be part of that broadcast. And then uh, crystal is coming with me and she's never been to a wrestling event before in her life. Nice. And so we're going to go to the, the main uh, double or nothing pay-per-view. We actually, this is the first time I've ever done this is we're sitting in the luxury boxes Oh, and uh, the, so the the website has a box, and then they're selling seats in the box. So it's it was really expensive. I was surprised that Crystal's like, yeah, let's just do the box. But I think for her, you know, not being with the rowdy crowd and and not really yeah. the rowdy, <laughs> but the loud crowd, and just kind of being able to have like food and drink at your 
you know, at, at your need is is yeah. okay for her where she'll get through it. So that's what plus, we're doing. Plus, and it, you know, it's Vegas, so we'll find other stuff to do. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and there's, um, we're, I'm going for my 50th in a couple of months in July and we're staying actually right near planet Hollywood at the, at the Marriott. It's like right on the other side of the street from mm-hmm. it. Um, and so we have plans to do like, like when we go there, I love to go to Sinatra. It's a fantastic Italian restaurant in the win. Uh, Steve Wynn and Frank Sinatra were good friends and Steve Wynn's dad as well. Um, so, you know, what else is in the win? Yeah. Is the blue wire podcast studio, I believe is oh. in the win. So we do this podcast okay. blue wire. We do, we do it in, in a partnership with blue wire. All of the ads that you hear on the audio side of things, they come from from Blue Wire, and uh, and they have. I believe the podcast studio is in the wind. I tried to I tried to get um, access to it this weekend, but I think they're 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 closed this weekend because of the oh, holiday. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, let me see. Where is it? Is it? Yeah, the wind in... wind encore or together down there, and and those are cool places. They have some really nice. Uh, little bars and stuff. So I yeah, think we're going to hit that. It's in the wind. And, it's in the wind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Take so a picture wind, of it. If, if you can find it when you're there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause we'll definitely be going there and uh, want to go see the Beatles love show. Um, we're looking for concerts. That's the hard part. When you go to Vegas, you want to look for concerts. There aren't many concerts in July because it's like 185 degrees. <laughs> I mean, it's Nobody goes to Vegas in July, but I'm an idiot. And, you know, my birthday's in July. So I'm like, let's go to Vegas where yeah. it's, you, know, you just melt walking down the streets. So, yep. Well, yep. I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll do Hell's Kitchen and all that good stuff, too, because got it. Got a tourist it up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, all right. Let's let's uh, get to the end of this show here with the last segment and. Really, you know, I was just going to look at the schedule that the Giants have right now. We're, we're still we're in, we're in the top of the seventh. Giants are still up four zero. So cross your fingers there. Uh, and they play the Twins. So they play as we're watching Monday night, Tuesday night, and then the great Wednesday morning game ten ten in the morning <laughs> oh, for man. you early risers here on the on the yes. uh, the West Coast. And then they go to Milwaukee, and they have four in Milwaukee. So uh, Thursday evening, Friday evening, Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning. And then uh, the Pirates come here. The Giants have an interesting time for the Memorial. I guess Monday, technically I think Sunday's Memorial Day, but Monday Memorial Day observed or whatever. They have a 205 start with the Pirates here uh, on Monday. What, that's a wacky start time. Yeah. So, Twins, good team. The Twins are yeah. atop their division. You know, the division is fairly even where, you know, they're they're not running away with it in any way. But other than Kansas City, everyone's sort of in, in, in the mix there. Uh, Chicago, not playing very well. But uh, Cleveland, Detroit, they're under 500. But Minnesota's only above 500 by uh, a few games. But... Again, my favorite stat, the run differential. They are clearly the better team in that division based on run differential. Uh, And then Milwaukee, who the Giants played well when uh, Milwaukee came here. They won two out of three. Milwaukee is still in first place in the NL Central. They're four games above 500. 
their run differential is actually a minus two. So they have four more wins than losses. They're minus two. The Pittsburgh Pirates have two more wins than losses. They're plus 17. The Cardinals are six games under 500, and they're a plus 18. The Cubs are six games under 500 and are a plus 21. So this division is kind of flipped (laughs) upside down where Milwaukee sort of, you know, they're leading from the percentage, uh, win percentage standpoint, but so far in this small sample size of a season, a quarter of the way through, the all four of those teams are probably a little bit closer to each other than the win-loss record would suggest. So another opportunity, you know, if the Giants are an average to above average team, Minnesota and Milwaukee are right there. So this is a good opportunity for them to kind of improve their road record. And I think, you know, three and four, four and three is a strong road record because of how badly they've been on the road so far. Yeah, for sure. And, and, uh, you know, uh, luckily we don't play Atlanta anytime soon. They <laughs> are, <laughs> I'm, you know, looking at all the run differentials and everything else, Atlanta is plus 63, 29 and 17 best record. They're up six, four, well, they were up on on the Dodgers, uh, and, and the Dodgers have come back. So the Dodgers and our Bra- and Braves are playing a series right now in Atlanta. That's kind of like must see TV. So as yeah. soon as the Giants game is over, I'm going to flip over to that and catch the end of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, a- again, this is another one of those situations where I, I think the Giants have a chance to really kind of gain some ground right now they like you said they played milwaukee really well and this is it i mean they go into milwaukee and and they've already played them at home so they're done playing them i think for the rest of the season um and then you know this will be after we do our next show but but pittsburgh at home uh pittsburgh was playing some good ball at the beginning of the season not so much they kind of fell off from there uh so yeah it's kind of an exciting week giants are are with six games back right now in National League West and two games back of the wild card. Uh, so just kind of hanging in there. That run differential, uh, you know, you always talk about that. I, I've kind of latched onto that the last couple of seasons. Um, Got to see that get a little bit better in, in order for us to to think that this think team that is real, then yeah. for real. Yeah. So. You know, it's amazing. Well, there's two amazing things. The point out the first thing that caught my eye, though, when I was looking at the standings today. The Texas Rangers, Bruce Bochy squad, 29 and 17. So from a record standpoint, they're only third in the American League because Tampa is on fire still. Oh, yeah. And the Baltimore Orioles are 31 and 16. And you would that was think- that was the hot team at the beginning of the season, by the way. The Orioles was they, they were definitely the hot team. And and you would think, like, wow, you know, they're kind of running away with things. No, 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 no. The Yankees are 29 and 20 after the Rays <laughs> hot start. The Yankees are only five and a half games behind. And then Boston's like, Hey, don't forget about us. We're 26 and 21. So, you know, we, we, we didn't start out as great, but you know, we're, we're in the mix here. And then Toronto's like, yo, we are still here too. We are three games above 500. The American League East, every team is above 500. Every single team is in the positive in the run differential. Uh, but the other, the thing I also wanted to mention about Texas, so Texas 29 and 17, their expected win loss is actually three games higher. So they've been, they've, they've possibly lost a couple games that they should have won. 
and they're a plus 108 and that the plus 108 makes them the second best team in baseball in run differential only behind the Rays in the National League the highest run differential is the Braves they're a plus 63 the Dodgers are only a plus 48 but if you ask Dodger fans they're like eh we're not even really playing that well yet they're they're kind of frustrated with the team (laughs) and I'd be like uh I would switch places with you guys in an absolute yeah (laughs) <laughs> That's the scary thing is we we kind of knew, like, if you're not playing good baseball and the Dodgers aren't playing good baseball, which team has a better chance of playing fantastic baseball the rest of the season? It's always the Dodgers. Yeah, um, they're, they're You know, they're, they've got some injuries. they got Dustin May is hurt. Um you know, on the and Julio Urias just went on the on the IL as well. Yeah. Um, but they're not slowing down. That's the thing. This team doesn't slow down. They they had they had a little bit of a slow start, but then they were like, Yeah, we're gonna play some good baseball now and break out to a lead, and then we'll just kind of cruise the rest of the way. That's what they do. All right. I, I think we will end a little bit early here. We got to 53 yeah. minutes. We didn't actually hit the hour mark. We'll give you all sub seven minutes, six minutes <laughs> back of your time. <laughs> Go play uh, the show. Go play MLB the show. Yeah. Or for me, for it's going to, it's going to be a, go grab some dinner. Um, yeah. you know, you know, I'll just, I'll leave you with this. Uh, we, we started watching a new show this weekend. It is called Primo and it is oh. on Amazon's free V service. I don't know if you've seen the free V service. I've seen it. It used to be IMDB right. TV is what they So yeah. Primo is a show written by, uh, Shea Serrano, who's one of my favorite writers for The nice. Ringer. He's not The Ringer anymore, but I actually bought all of the books that that he wrote, starting with the rap yearbook. This is probably like seven or eight years ago. And he's a great writer. He's so funny. And this is a show he's been working on the last couple of years. Uh, the show, the the guy who kind of, uh, and this kind of em- embolizes like the what the writer strike is all about. So Mike Schur, who's uh, The Office and Parks and Rec, uh, the expl- the explanation that he gives of why this writer strike is important is because him knowing the game, he then teaches Shay how to be a showrunner. This is what you need to know. Here's all the things oh, you need to know. Very cool. And and one of the arguments with, with the writer strike is that if you don't if you don't pay the writers the the value that you kind of lose this this process this ecosystem of, of creating new writers out of these these projects so all that is to say uh primo 30 minute sitcom uh mexican american family uh very uh i think if not not you don't have to be mexican american to to understand this family dynamic but it's uh uncles involved and like lots of family involved in every aspect of this young kid's life going through high school so it first episode was good uh, I expect the show to be really funny. So that if you have a couple of minutes, nice. check out Primo on Amazon Freebie. And no, nobody nobody paid us to to say that. That's just out of my <laughs> out of my the kindness of my heart because I really liked the first episode. I like that. I like that. Okay, I'm gonna throw that on my list. I've been working on um I, I started Brooklyn Nine Nine myself because I I started it years ago, lost it on the DVR. We had a DVR incident, and I lost like two seasons. So oh, really? Back to it. So, so I started like, that is it like again. on Hulu or something. It is. It's Hulu. Uh, no, wait. Sorry, Peacock. Peacock. Yeah, and then I was able to get a deal on Peacock, so we have the the ad free Peacock for 
five bucks a month for a year or so. Oh, that's like good. That. Yeah, because so, it's like yeah, it's like so, double. So you got a half, half. Yeah, so I've got that. And then my oldest has uh, uh, that 70s show on there. So she's okay. watching that. I'm go. watching Brooklyn. And we and we cross episodes every once in a while. <laughs> I'll do dishes. And she's like, I'm watching, uh, you know, uh, 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 that 70s show. You want to watch it? I'm like, yeah, sure. I, I remember that. It's a great show. So, yeah. <laughs> Crystal Crystal did that a little while ago at Brooklyn Nine Nine. She's now on uh, New Girl for like the third time. Oh, that's because uh, uh, Zoe has a podcast. Uh, that yes, they go through all of the episodes, so she's doing that thing. And we're at the last season of How I Met Your Mother because I'd never seen it before. Oh, okay. and she she'd seen it all the way through, so she's like, "Let's watch this again." So now we're in the last season of how I met your mother. And then we're going to have and to, we're going to have to move on. And they've already met the mother at that point, right? The final season. Yeah, we have, we have, she's, she's in, been in yeah. like three episodes, but okay. she and Ted have not yet met, but you're yeah, going to have to tell me, is. you're going to have to tell me what you think about the ending. Okay. Okay. I already like the last two seasons have been absolutely ridiculous, but yeah, yeah that's yeah, it, yeah. it. I kind of expect yeah. like no, what see what show goes nine to seasons these days. Yeah, so. you're gonna have to tell me what you think about the last like ten minutes of the show. <laughs> I will. I will. I'll, I'll know still, it when I see it. Denise and I still discuss it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm not going to tell you if it's in a good way or a bad way. I'm just going to tell you we still discuss it. So yeah. awesome, awesome. <laughs> Can't wait. Looking forward to it. All right. Uh, so Brad and I will be back next week. We're probably because of the Monday holiday, we will probably be back maybe Tuesday. Uh, we'll, we'll check in with each other to see if we can do that. So next, just know that next week we will not record on the Memorial day, uh, holiday. We'll, we'll figure out a different day next week. So, uh, so for Brad, I am double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. This is Kirk Henderson from Pod Maverick, a Dallas Mavericks podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which will in turn help this show continue to grow. If you'd like to be part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, Go to WeFunder.com slash BlueWire. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.